We are starting our 30 Days to Live uh, series. And we had, uh, you know, when I was chatting with the staff about the series, uh, they felt like it's kind of a dark note to start a new year off on. Uh, and so I hope that this series is actually encouraging uh, to you. Uh, I'm excited about uh, what God is going to do in us and through us in this series. Uh, and before we jump in, I do want to give a little bit of an update. Uh, as many of you know, we entered into a capital campaign about a year ago and uh, to acquire this building, and we uh, obviously we did acquire the building, uh, but there was two lump sum t- payments: one at the two th- end of 2018, one at the t- end of 2019. At the end of 2018, there was a $250,000 uh, payment that we had to make on top of the money we had already uh, raised, and we were about 150, 60,000 out uh, with five or six weeks to go. Uh, and uh, just to let you know, we got there within $4,000 of our goal uh, at the end of the year. So we just want to give thanks to you guys. Thanks to God for that. That is awesome. And uh, so thank you for giving. And, uh, and our, secondary, our secondary goal was to raise the money. Our primary goal was to have 100% participation. And if you haven't yet uh, decided to participate in the Church IC uh, campaign, we invite you to do that. We do have another uh, lump sum that we're uh, preparing to pay for the end of 2019. So speaking of 2019, here we are. 30 days to live. Imagine you found out today that you only had 30 days to live. The whole idea of this series uh, is based on the true reality that when we are faced with some kind of uh, finality or some kind of awareness of our own fragility, it starts to change the priorities we have, the decisions we make. Uh, I heard a story uh, of, a, of a man who had some symptoms. And so he went into the, the doctor to get looked at. And, uh, and the doctor did some tests on him. And then he asked if he could speak to the wife, the wife privately. And so he takes the wife aside and he says, ma'am, your husband... Uh, doesn't look good. He doesn't have that long to live. He has less than 30 days to live. Uh, but there is some hope for him. If you, you know, cook him three meals a day, uh, exactly as outlined here, uh, you are intimate with him one, at least one time a day. Uh, over the course of the next couple of months, uh, he should uh, be good to go for life. And she said, wow, thank you for telling me. Uh, you mind if I talk to my husband? And so uh, the doctor leaves so she can talk to her husband. And she says to her husband, Honey, the uh, doctor said you're going to die. I'm sorry. The reality is that every one of us is going to die at some point. And uh, I'm going to die on October 11th, 2056. It's true. Uh, you're wondering how I know that. Well, I went to, I went to this website called deathclock.com and I... I typed in some information about myself that it asked, and I calculated, uh, this is what came up on my screen. I got 1,191,930,515 seconds to live. If this were true, how would that change the way I live uh, today? The reality is, and the truth is, and we know that I could uh, live to that point. Maybe I could live past that point. Uh, maybe I, uh, there's a good chance I could live much shorter than that. Uh, you know, when I get on an airplane, I just got off an airplane yesterday. Next time I get an airplane, that could be it. Next time I cross the street, that could be it. I could eat iceberg lettuce, apparently, and that could be it. We, we do not know the date. 
And in fact, uh, when it comes to these circumstances, uh, there's very little uh, that we can control. We can't control when we're born. We can't control when we die. Uh, you know, imagine this was written on my tombstone. It's my birthday, December 31st, 1982. I just celebrated my birthday. Thank you, yeah. I celebrated with a broken arm. I was riding my, I know some of you are wondering what I did. I was riding my bicycle shocker and I fell off my bike and broke my wrist. That's the fourth broken bone uh, in the last two years. Uh, and so I phoned my wife when I was out riding and she said, uh, what did you break? That's how, that's how she answered the phone. Anyways, I don't know. We, we can't control when we're born. We can't control where we're born. We can't control what time in history we're born. There, there's so many of the scenarios that have affected your life and my life that we are actually, absolutely in no control over. We can't control the day that we die. But when you look at a tombstone, you'll see a beginning date and a, an end date. And what you'll see in the middle of the, those dates is a dash. We can't control the first date or the second date, but we can control what that dash looks like, how we live in that dash. This series is about that dash. And I'm not sure I would want to know, I, I don't know about you, I, I'm not sure I would want to know uh, when that last date would be on my tombstone. I think, um, you know, God in his wisdom, right, uh, created us so we have a sense of our own fragility and urgency. You know, that's what the series is about, living with a sense of urgency. Um, but without definite information so that we can live life to its fullest. I think sometimes if we were to know the specific details, uh, we'd have the potential of living very selfishly or recklessly. But God wants a set of, us to live with a set of priorities. And so... In Psalm 39, uh, this is kind of the wisdom that this series is based on. Lord, remind me how what? How brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. Everybody hold out their hand. Luckily, I have a very big hand, and so uh, some of my life is going to be longer than some of yours. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Each of us is but a breath. So, this morning, we want to ask God to turn our whens into now. Everybody say, turn when into now. I don't know how many of you are like me, but for so much of my life, I, I'm, I feel like I'm literally almost wishing my life away because I'm always thinking about when, when this happens, when such and such happens, then, then my life's really going to matter, then, then, then one day when everything is just the way I want it to be, then I can fully engage and do what God's calling me to do. I don't know how it plays out for you, but I think every single one of us have when-thens. It may be 
the person that says, one day when we get the right home, then we'll host a group. Not yet. One day when I get married, then I'll finally be happy. One day when I have kids, then I'll finally be satisfied. One day when I finally get out of debt, then I will start to be generous. Then I'll start to tithe. One day when my career is established and we're strong financially, then I'll re-engage with my family. But until then, I have to work. One day when the kids are grown, then we'll start investing in our marriage again. The problem is that then rarely comes because as soon as we get to then, there's another when. It's deceiving. We're always chasing when. I don't know what your when then is, but we're going to ask God in the series to take our when and make it now. Why? Because our life is the width of our hand. Our life is brief. It's flying by. And sometimes we have kind of windows where we realize this. I was, I was playing in a basketball a game with uh, some high school students a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and I went to jump up like, I hadn't even been playing very long. And I, you know, jumped and my leg was cramping like every time I tried to jump off the ground. And my muscle said, you can't do that anymore. And it feels like yesterday I was 18 or 19 and I could do that. Life is brief. Things change quickly. And so we want to live with a sense of urgency. We want to ask God for us to, to help us make our whens into nows. But we live in a culture uh, that does not know how to live in the now. That doesn't know how to live in the moment. I love this picture. I came across this picture a couple of years ago. It's fascinating to me. You have this, this older lady that is just completely in the moment and you know, all these millennials, people like me that are standing there with their phone, interpreting reality through their phone, looking at reality through their phone. They, they, they're not present in the moment. And in fact, sometimes I think we use our phones because we're so afraid of the brevity of life that we think we can just capture a moment by living it through a device or capturing it on a device instead of just being present. And I was just at a basketball tournament with a high school uh, team this weekend in, in Abbotsford, and we were out for supper with the team. And I, look, I looked around at the tables, you know, we had a couple of tables of, of team members, and they're all sitting shoulder to shoulder for about an hour like this. No conversation. Except they do have a couple of conversations, that, and the conversation look like this. Hey, do you think I should post this? They're like, no, that's lame. Okay, you know, and, and so, you know, we're out, we're doing some sightseeing yesterday, you know, and they're taking pictures. Hey, do you think I should post this? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, and, and they're, they're not present in the moment. And I'm picking on them, but I'm not present in the moment either. If you're like me, you're future-oriented. You're thinking about the next project, the next goal, the next thing you're going to accomplish, and you forget how to live life right now. You know, maybe in this series, you know, God's invitation to you, his assignment for you is to be present wherever you are. If you're in your workplace, be there. With your spouse, be there. With your kids, be there. With your friends, be present in the moment. In fact, uh, you know, the reason that I felt kind of called to do this series in January was because this is the exact 
thing that I felt like God was pushing me on. That Matt, you're not present in the moment. And I can start to feel the brevity of my own life. And I, I get caught in this when-then thinking. What does it mean for you to be here now? What does it mean to be fully engaged? To be at work and be fully engaged in the conversation that someone else is having, not thinking about something else. To connect with people, to hear people's hearts. Wherever you are, be there. And so we want to take the when and we want to bring it into the now. And that's why when you walked in, hopefully you saw the, the big board there. It says, before I die. And we hope that over the next 30 days that you will take the opportunity to write on that board what you feel like God is putting on your heart to say, before I die, you know, I want to live with this priority, with this sense of urgency uh, in my life. Turn your whens into now. Psalm 118 says, this is the day. What day? This. What day is today? That's today. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God gave you today. We keep waiting for the day that God's going to bring blank to us. God, you know, I can't wait for this day. And God is saying to you, this is that day. That day that you've been waiting for, this is, it's today. Everyone say it's today. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That, 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 that's the language of being present. That today is the day that God gave you. You don't know what tomorrow holds, but you don't know if God has a tomorrow for you. But you know that God has a today for you. So are you living today, present, rejoicing, being glad in it? Living with the priorities that God is giving to you? So we want to Ask God to help turn our whens into nows. And secondly, we want to ask God to help turn our intentions into action. To turn our int intentions into actions. I have great intentions in my life. Not to fall off my bike. Sorry. I, I have great intentions in, in my life. Unfortunately, our legacy that we leave behind us is not built on intentions. It's built on decisions. It's built on actions. It's built on the things we do, how we act, how we treat people. And the reality is this, that many of you judge others on their actions, but judge yourself on your intentions. I do this all the time. And I look at other people and I judge them based on how they're living, what they're doing, their actions. But I give myself the benefit of the doubt and I judge myself on my intentions. Oh, I know my own heart. If they only knew you know, everything that was going on in my life, then they would understand. But I don't give other people the benefit of the doubt. And in the next 30 days, I would invite you to actually flip that script. That you would judge others, fill in that gap of information with trust, assume the best intentions on, on others. And then look to yourself and say, what are my actions? What do my actions communicate to those around me? What type of legacy am I living by the decisions that I'm making? You know, as a pastor, sometimes I, I get to be a part of, you know, funerals or memorial services. And it's always heartbreaking to me uh, that the things that are said at funerals, I wonder if 
people ever hear those things in their lives. But it's also clear to me that the, you know, those positive legacy things that get communicated are all things that that person did, how they lived, how they impacted other people, how they treated other people. No one gets up at a funeral and says, you know, they were a real loser, but they had great intentions. I knew they had great intentions. Let's honor their intentions. That's, that, that never happens. Our legacy is left by our actions. So let's fill in the gap with trust with other people, assume the best in them, and let's expect behavioral change in action from ourselves. What do your actions say about you? What type of legacy are you leaving? James 4.13 says, Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a, make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Before we jump to the next verse, we see this idea in Scripture that it's trying to put in front of us the fragility and brevity of life. And we live in a culture that just loves to ignore the idea of death. In fact, when we were talking about doing this series as a, as a staff, um, it's like some of our staff, we didn't even want to talk about it. Like, this isn't a joyous thing. But, but Scripture tells us that wisdom, that we live more rightly in the now when we're aware of our, the brevity of our own life. If we're aware that our life is like a morning fog, it changes how we behave. It changes the decisions that we make. James goes on to say, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Read that last line again. It is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. We often think of sin as the, you know, the bad things that we do. But James here is saying, sin, we miss the mark when we know clearly the things that we should be doing and we refuse to do them. We're comfortable with our intentions. James is saying, move from your intentions into your action. Whatever your good intentions that God wants you to do, but you've not done yet, think about that during this next 30 days. Maybe God wants you to reach out to somebody that doesn't know him yet, to tell them about Jesus. Go from intention to action. Maybe God wants you to connect intimately with someone, to appreciate them, to express your love for someone, to encourage someone, to call out the best in someone, to say thank you for, to someone who had an impact on your life, who made a difference in your life, but you just haven't done it yet. Move from intention to action. Maybe God wants you to go on a mission trip. We heard a missions update. You know, maybe you should be going to Mexico trip or the next El Salvador trip. Uh, or maybe you should be knocking on my door or Greg's door because we haven't gone to Thailand in a number of years saying, you know, I want to go to Thailand. Let's, let's, let's get together a Thailand trip. Go serve someone sacrificially in the name of Jesus. Maybe God wants you to use your gifts at church. Some of you are super gifted. That God's blessed you hugely, uh, but you're here spectating. And we're fine with that. You can spectate as long as you want, but you are, we are actually at a disadvantage as a community when you're not contributing your gifts to this community. And maybe God's calling you to move from intention into action to serve with your gifts. 
Maybe God's calling you to start, you know, tithing or being more generous with your finances. Move from intention to action. Maybe God wants you to connect intimately with your spouse or your kids. You have this nagging suspicion that you just haven't been as intentional with that as you need to. And now move that intention into action. Maybe there's someone that you've hurt. That you're aware that you've hurt them. And you need to ask for forgiveness from them. If you only had 30 days to live, that's probably something you would do. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody and you need to forgive them. Do you want to spend your last 30 days in bitterness and unforgiveness? Or are you going to move into action? What good intentions do you have that you have not acted yet on? This is the 30-day challenge. Third, we're going to ask God not only to make our when now and to turn our intentions into action, but also to turn our hearts fully towards Jesus. I hate needles. Anybody else here hate needles? Okay, flu shots. I detest flu shots. I get squeamish when I think about it. And I can't, I can't look. I, gotta, you know, I feel like a little child when I go to get a, get a flu shot or something. But, but what is a flu shot? A flu shot is giving you a little bit of the flu, right? That's what a flu shot is, right? Giving you just enough of the flu that will make you what? Resistant to the flu, right? No? I'm going to give you a little bit of the flu to make you resistant to the flu. I wonder if this is what it's like with us and Jesus. Some of us have a little bit of religion that makes us just resistant enough to Jesus. Like That sounds kind of odd. Let me explain. In Mark 12, 28 to 34, it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. What? All. Your mind and all your strength. All. 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 Total. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the religious law replied, well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other, and I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. And then it says this, realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far. I'd say this is one of the, my fears, my fears for me, for you, you know, that we would live in close proximity to the kingdom of God without ever entering in. That we would come to church an hour and a half a week and God says, you're not, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You know, that we would uh, read our Bible. We're not far from the kingdom of God. 
We would join a group. We're not far from the kingdom of God. We would go to starting point. We're not far from the kingdom of God. None of those things are the kingdom of God. What happens is when we are around religious activity, we can sometimes fall into the lie of thinking that we have given ourselves totally to Jesus. But Jesus is less interested in our religious activity than he's interested in his functional lordship in our lives. Is Jesus leading your decision-making? Is Jesus leading your priorities? The other six and a half days a week, do you feel like your actions, the way that you're living, the way that you're treating your coworkers, your, your family, your friends, the legacy that you're leaving, is, is, it, is there a ripple effect of Jesus' kingship and lordship in your life? Do your priorities reflect kingdom priorities? If we follow the trail, and I've talked about this before, if you follow the trail of how you spend your time, does it reflect kingdom priorities? My, my guess is if I said you had 30 days to live, you would go more towards kingdom priorities than you're currently living. Does your checkbook reflect kingdom priorities? How many of us would be, would kind of put our heads down if we kind of revealed our checkbook to one another and said, you know, tell me what my priorities are? And I had someone say to me the other week, um, you always talk about, you know, your time and your treasure and do those reflect kingdom priorities. He's like, I'd like you to talk about your garbage. So does your garbage can reflect kingdom priorities? If I were to go through your black bin, your blue bin, what would that tell me about you? We can be close to the kingdom of God, but never actually enter in. We can be around religious activity without ever giving lordship and kingship to Jesus in our lives. I remember when I was uh, 16 and I was going for my driver's test. I failed my first driver's test. And I failed because of an issue around shoulder checking. And don't get me wrong, I shoulder checked. But when I turned left, I shoulder checked to the right. <laughs> and the driving instructor said to me after, it's like, so just so you know, you were turning left and you were looking the opposite way that you were turning. You missed, you, you missed the whole purpose and the point of shoulder checking. You missed the why behind the shoulder checking. You know, why are we here? Why, you know, why do we gather? Why, you know, I, I listed a bunch of activities. Why do we do those things? It's not just for the sake of doing them. You know, the reason I shoulder check where I'm turning is because I don't want to get hit by another vehicle, right? There's a reason to do that activity. If I separate that reason, uh, you know, I can shoulder check and check off the box, but I might hit another vehicle. And you can say, you totally missed the whole reason why you shoulder check before you turn a corner. We can totally miss the whole reason of why we're in groups, why we're coming to church, why we're worshiping, why we read the Bible, why, why we do any of these things. Because the, the reason we do those things is to orient our lives around the, king, the kingdom of God, his priorities in our lives, that we would live with a sense of urgency, that we would live with a sense of kingdom awareness, that we would live with a sense of what God would want our priorities to be. You know, you have priorities around... Uh, things that aren't priorities for God in your life. 
You know, some of you get a report on your phone every week. You spend this much time in front of your screen. You spend five hours a day in front of your screen. Is that a kingdom priority? Is that the way that Jesus would have you spend your time? I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you were able. If you only had 30 days to live, how would you live differently? I would encourage you in the next 30 days to to get out a journal. I would encourage you to next week when we do our 21 days of prayer and fasting that you would join us in that activity. Because what is fasting? Fasting is prioritizing our lives, saying no to something that maybe we desire, to say to God, I desire you and your priorities more in my life. That's what fasting is. Get a journal. What is, what is God speaking to you about? Join us in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe you want to move into action and starting point is a great place to do that. That's why we call it starting point. If you want to start with that, um, every week after church, we have classes that we offer, a four-week class that's on a cycle. We have week one starting today. You can join us for starting point. But if you had 30 days to live, how would you live differently? How would you speak differently? What decisions would you make that were different? See, luckily I had a redo on my driver's test. I failed and I said, that's okay, I'll just spend another, well, I didn't spend any money. I got my parents to spend another X amount of money doing my driver's test again. But in this life, we get no redos. We don't get to go through it and say, hey, I want to redo. God's saying, today is the day that the Lord has made. Don't wait till someday. Do it today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for life. Lord, we thank you that we are all able to be in this room, to live, uh, to breathe, and to make an impact in the world around us. And Lord, I pray that you would save us from the temptation that our world gives us to, to think that we are immortal, that, um, that it doesn't matter how we live. Lord, would we live today with a sense of urgency? Would you give us the courage and the grace to move our when and make it into a now? Lord, would you give us the courage and the grace to take things that we know you're calling us to, that we've had good intentions around, and move them into action in the next 30 days? Lord, would you challenge those who have been around activities that are about you but have not yet submitted to you? That maybe in the next 30 days, Lord, they would bend their knee to you and make you functional, Lord, in their lives. Pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. I want to invite you to, to close your eyes here with me as we close the service. Let me just ask you a few questions. If you had 30 days to live, do you know what you would do differently? Do you know what conversations you would have that you've been waiting to have that you just have been putting off? Do you know what decisions around your health that you would make that you've been putting off that you would put on. 
Let me be clear. If you go and quit your jobs in the next 30 days, you missed the point in the series. But uh, are some of you kind of participating in religious activity without making Jesus Lord of your life? Are some of you neglecting relationships in your family, with your parents, with your siblings, with friends, with your kids, with your wife, and the Lord is tugging on your heart and saying, you need to make this a priority. If you have something that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is kind of bringing awareness to in your life, I'm just going to, you know, with your eyes closed, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and say, you know, I feel like God is calling me to prioritize something in my life that I've been not prioritizing the way he wants me to. Just raise your hand. Thank you. So would you journey with us in the next 30 days? Try and enter into the mindset, if you only had 30 days left, what are the decisions, the actions that you would take that you haven't been taking? So Jesus, again, we just thank you that you are a God of grace and patience with us. Lord, I thank you that you look at us right now not with this just sheer disappointment because of all the ways that we dropped the ball. Um, But you look to us with invitation to a full life that is awaiting us when we live with your priorities. Lord, I pray that we as individuals, we as a community would not save anything for the next life. That we would live with a sense of urgency and kingdom priorities in our lives today. We ask that your spirit would move among us and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.